Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Getting here the day after we can on National Signing Day, but what a splash Billy Napier made. On signing day, there were a lot of a lot of wondering what's going on of what he can make out of signing day after they're you know taking the job and some decommits and uh, transfers out of the program. But in the end, makes a big splash with some high level recruits on the way to Gainesville. And it ended up being a really fun day. Covered. It was fun. It was finally, uh, finally fun to cover a signing day. You know, uh, you know, Mullen was able to get some good players uh, in his classes before, but the signing day themselves were really not all that fun. Uh, most of the guys were really already signed. Or you, you knew who was coming. A lot of the signing day decisions weren't going Florida's way, and you kind of knew that uh, beforehand. But with this, it felt different. It really felt different of being in the race for Kamari Wilson, Shamar James, Devin Moore, and getting those guys, getting Chris McClellan, who you weren't sure if he was going to stick around and stay after a visit to Oklahoma with his buddies that he was committed to in Gainesville. You weren't sure if he was going to stick around, and he did. So uh, really fun day being able to cover a signing day. Still plenty of work to do, of course, but you have to like you have to be able to me, I think, jump on board with uh, the hint of what we got in just over a week from Billy Napier. All right. CT82. What's up, man? What's up, Dave? How you oh, doing? man. Uh, much better after yesterday, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, you know, we. Um... You know, man, none of us really should – those of us that's followed him, man, we should not be surprised by this. We really shouldn't. The only, You're right. The only thing I'm really surprised is that he pulled it off in less than 10 days. So yeah. um, that was incredible. Um, I, I'll be honest. I was more confident uh, with Shamar than I was Kamari. Yeah, I think I, I think I felt the same. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I felt really confident we were going to get to get Shamar because I know you know we've known for a long time he really wanted to be a Gator. This is where his heart is. I mean, when the kid shows up at unofficial visit to watch the Florida State game and watch a, <laughs> you know, a you yeah. know knowing the coach has been fired, but I also think yesterday was kind of an indictment on Dan Mullen to tell you the truth. Um, yep. I think a lot of these kids didn't like him. And, you know, of course, they're not going to come out and say it 
publicly, but I, I think a lot of these kids didn't like him. And I think Billy just has that personality that draws people. Now, he may not show that in the press conference, but from what I've heard, I mean, he's just a very down to earth, you know, can be kind of funny, you know, at times. And- CC, I'm glad, I'm glad you said that before you, before you go further sure. with that is recruits aren't, they're not watching press conferences for a head coach. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you, if there's some quirkiness that goes on or something crazy that goes on, okay. But you know, an overall general feel of a head coach, recruits aren't getting that for a press conference. Not at all. Not, they don't care about all that, you know? Um, yeah. It, 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 they don't care about all that. I will tell you, though, um, you know, I, I told a friend of mine this. I said, you know, I, th- I it feels like, I told him this last night, I said, it feels like, that Billy Napier woke up yesterday morning and said, God, I need a perfect day. Give me a perfect day. And it started off with Florida State getting body bagged by Jackson State. Um, and it was just like, okay, Billy, I'll give you that. And he, <laughs> it was just like a perfect day for Gator Nation, right? But I, w- I wanted to go to something real quick, speaking of Jackson State. Man, I'll be honest with you. As funny as that was, and it was great. Um that was a bad thing for college football, in my opinion. Um, and I do believe things need to be amended when it comes to, you know, NIL, when it comes to – I'm not saying get rid of it. I just think it needs to be yeah, yeah, adjusted. Yeah. And, well, like I say, I, and Stiki, I'll go with you on that too. I agree, you know, cause the, only because of the connection the head coach has to where where the money is coming from. Yeah. Like if it was – if it, to me, if it was just, all right, you know, Barstool or everybody – Wanting just to hop on Hunter and what he's doing, okay. But with a connection to Dion, that it really blurs the line of a head coach really getting involved. Look, we know it happens, but now this is just really putting it out there in the open. So as you said, I don't mind players getting paid. I think they should. Oh, absolutely. But there has to be a way to to regulate what's going on. Absolutely, because it's it's a wild wild west out there right now, you know. And these programs, to their credit, they're taking advantage of it. I just didn't think it would be Jackson State. But, yeah. uh, but uh, you know, it, it's um, – I love the fact – and I'll say this too. I, I feel comfortable as a longtime Gator fan. This is the first time in a long, long time that I've actually felt comfortable with a coach in knowing what he's doing. He's – you know, as Josh has told us before, he's an innovative guy. He thinks He thinks ahead – and I think with all these changes with college football, we have a coach that is he is he's on the cutting edge of everything he wants to do. So he's going to be looking for ways to adjust. And, you know, and I just I, it's comforting to know that, you know, we have a coach that can do that. So whatever happens in the coming days with NIL and transfer portal, because I do believe there's going to be changes made with that, too. I, it's comforting to know we have a coach like this. Yeah, it looks like he'll be able to adjust pretty well. Uh, you yeah. know, just, I mean, of course, you know, his adjustment that he made at Louisiana in a short amount of time and uh, his foresight and how to build that program uh, and, you know, what he how he approached early signing day by signing nobody uh, there at his first job and then how he, of course, you know, he wasn't going to do that at Florida. Florida had some commits already uh, that you could, you could stay on board with. And also, he probably has, as he said, you know, this has been a learning process for him. They learn along the way at Louisiana, so he, you know he learned along the way of what he can and can't do 
or uh, no, they're still a learning process of being in the SEC and applying everything he's learned so far. Uh, but I think you have to be impressed with the early returns of everything that's happened in the last what, eight, nine, ten days, commits, decommits, transfers, all that, and then waking up yesterday morning and then going to bed last night. Everything that transpired in that, uh, you know, 14, 16-hour window, I think, um, you know, sheds, uh, uh, sheds a light on the potential. And as Will and I said last night, I think you could feel a little bit of hope at least on the uh, on the recruiting trail moving forward. Yeah, and I'll 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 leave you with this because uh, I know a lot of everybody else wants to get on here, but uh, I will say, man, the Gator Collective is they got some big things coming up. Uh, I I think the powers that be at Florida are taking notice, and I, I'm excited to see what that's going to do uh, when it comes to NIL. And uh, if you're not a part of it, man, you need to get in it because I really think that's that's the future of this of this game and especially at the university of florida so yeah that uh it it, it helped play a role uh yesterday and um you know specifically the recruitment of, of kamari wilson just checking out nil opportunities that florida has uh, yeah. and you know uh, billy napier we saw him and i know eddie's in here listening to this but you know, billy napier followed the collective day one on the job at his press conference and you know, not long after a press conference, we see the Twitter follower, the Gator Collective. NIL is here to stay. Whether you like it or not, yep. it's going to be a part of recruiting. It's going to be a part of college football. It's part of the reason there's some you know, some, some signees and some recruits in Gainesville uh, playing a large role now. And, uh, yeah, it, 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 it's going a long way. Uh, we, we saw it in the big spotlight that it was in yesterday with you know, Hunter and, and FSU and, and Jackson State storyline, but also – if you want to zoom in a little bit, it played a part in Gainesville as well. Absolutely. Listen, man, go Gators. Everybody have a great day. Thanks, man. Mm-hmm. All right, Jade. Jade, you there, man? Yeah, I'm here, man. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, how are you? Man, I I just have to say, man, I am ecstatic with what I saw yesterday. Flipping a kid from Georgia, getting the keeping Notre Dame and Oklahoma at bay, and then finally breaking the IMG curse—that was amazing. But I think the biggest thing from yesterday that I I kind of took away, I had a friend of mine. He he follows recruiting pretty heavy. He's a big big huge Florida State fan. He texted me last night and basically told me we have something brewing in Gainesville that the entire college football world should be on notice. And that's huge coming (laughs) from somebody from Florida state. He said with the, just with 10 days, what we was able to pull off literally should have been impossible. And we just made that possible. So man, I I just, I'll I'll extend that to a Georgia buddy of mine. Um, He texted me yesterday and let me see if I can find that text. Um, uh, let's see. Let's see. Kirby hasn't had his butt kicked on the trail by Florida in a while. In a while, our fans are still on edge uh, by getting beat by Alabama. But this is the first time that they can look at Florida and say there may be something there. <laughs> so it's uh, it's coming from you know. I, I look. Granted, look. We know there's still work to do. If you look at the overall recruiting class in thirtieth, a lot of people, a lot of people who are not really following it close, are going to look at that and say, well, you know, why are Florida fans so excited? 
just go to yesterday, just specifically yesterday. Don't you know? Don't, don't worry about how many commits are in the class or anything. Just look at who Florida was going after, who they targeted, where they got the kids from. That's why Gator fans are excited. Yeah, and I think it's that, and the, and the fact that you pulled this off in ten days with a skeleton crew. Yeah, that within itself, literally. I mean, if I don't care where, who you are and where you recruit at, you probably should be looking at Florida as a huge threat at this particular moment. I mean, I, you have to, and you know what? Um, I, I'm eager to see. You know, I don't, I don't want to fast forward through next season or anything like that because I, you know, I, I, I live and die by those 12 games Florida plays every year. And look, we'll get a good inclination of you know, Will Miles has really put this to the test, and he wrote a really good article about it a few years ago of. You can kind of tell the trend of a recruiting class by August. So, you know, as we get through these next eight months, you know, eight, nine months, you'll get a really, really good idea of Napier's uh, status on the trail and getting guys on campus and getting guys on visits and, and you know, commits. You know, by, by the time football season starts next year, you'll, you'll get a really good idea. And I think by what we saw yesterday, I think there's it's, it's going to – we're going to hit the ground running. I mean, the, the wheels are going to be spinning. You put them down on the ground, and it's go time. I think uh, I think that's what yesterday showed us a little bit of, uh, hey, there's uh, there should be no trepidation. There should be no worry anymore. Just, let's, let's just go enjoy – just go enjoy the process and see how it plays out. Absolutely. Dave, I got a quick question for you. Yeah. What, where, do you where do you think um, Coach Napier is going to – or what, what areas do you think he's going to hit inside the transfer portal? Because, I, I mean, it – it's pretty obvious we're going to have to do some type of work in there. Uh, what areas do you think he's going to um, hit inside of the transfer portal? Not necessarily people, but position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I do think he'll probably, he'll probably try and get a quarterback uh, from there. So I think that's one with Emory Jones on the way out and probably some injury history of Anthony Richardson. And you got two young guys on the roster as well. Now with Emory Jones going out, I do think you, you probably go get a quarterback in the transfer portal. Uh, Copeland leaving, you know, whether that was, that was probably going to happen either way, whether it be NFL draft or transfer. Now I know there was a meeting yesterday, uh, uh, with Napier and Copeland. So we'll maybe see what comes out of that. Maybe he decides to stay. Uh, we'll see where that goes, but, uh, maybe, maybe receiver, um, because I still think Florida, and I don't know if you could go, like I know Alabama was able to do it last cycle. Um, but go get a difference maker, wide receiver, go get that. Uh, I'm, I'm still, not sold on it. Like I think a lot of it is due to quarterback play this past year for Florida. I still do wonder though if Florida has that one difference maker or two difference makers at the wide receiver position. I think there's a bunch of good pieces, and it may be reminiscent of early Mullen, early Mullen tenure in eighteen and nineteen, where there's really not a standout. Like he knew Van Jefferson was the number one, but stat wise, he didn't really separate that much from everybody else. So I do think, you know, a good quarterback can make that receiver room look kind of similar to that, where everybody's kind of grouped together, but they're all just really, really good players. But I do wonder if you can go out there and maybe target and get a big difference maker at receiver position. But trenches on both sides, I and that that's that's dangerous. I mean, you, you don't see a whole lot of great offensive linemen in the transfer portal. That's probably a worry. But I do think you probably need to get – a body or two there if you can, defensive line as well. I know Florida hit the transfer portal really hard last year uh, for that, but I think you have to do it again because besides Gervin Dexter, nothing else proven there on the, on the defensive front. So I do think you may have to 
really, really hit the transfer portal up front. Uh, so th- I think the trenches, that's where I go first. Uh, but I do think he's going to target a quarterback as well. Um, maybe another, maybe maybe another true linebacker. If you can get a true linebacker in this in, in the system, um, defensive back. I don't think you have to hit uh, there. So may, maybe you do if you can get a difference maker, get a top end guy. Uh, but uh, trenches is probably where I'm really looking at, and maybe a difference maker wide receiver. Got you, thanks, Dave. I'm going to try and get some guys in here who don't get on too much. What's up, John? Hey, David. Um, hey, man. Um, I really like the uh, moves that we made yesterday. We got some got some good top guys, it looked like. Um, I would like to see a transfer quarter quarterback, like you said, um, just because I don't feel comfortable with the guys that are going to be left behind um, AR. Um one thing I'm I'm curious, uh, and this just kind of popped in my head like a few minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Do you think some of the uh, injuries that Anthony Richardson suffered with the hamstring and stuff, that could have been because, you know, he's been on the sideline and, you know, he comes in for two plays and comes out and, you know, a lot of, you know, stop and go type stuff for him? Uh, I'll tell you, that possibly could play a part. I think also with him, you know, it was a nagging injury. Uh, you know, it was a hamstring that dated back uh, back to the spring uh, last year as well. So that has been an issue. Uh, maybe some uh, a certain certain rest. Uh, he's getting rest now because he's coming off meniscus surgery there. So uh, that's going to uh, probably play a part there. So, you know, he'll be, you know, resting up and needing to rehab and hopefully could be ready by spring practice this year. But, um you know, I do wonder because he, he he did say that that knee injury dated back to high school and something he's been dealing with ever since then. So, you know, maybe overcompensating or compensating in some ways for that could lead to other injuries. Um, I'm of course that's just pure guess. I mean, I'm not uh, WebMD or a doctor by or, or, or anything like that. I'm just kind of speculating uh, as we go there, but maybe getting this cleaned up. Uh, the meniscus, you know, an injury that dates back some quite some time. Maybe that can uh, help help along the way as well. Yeah, and uh, and uh, one more question for you: um, Who do you think might be uh, in line to uh, start at running back next year with uh, Davis and them gone? Probably. Yeah, uh, that's an int- that that's one I have thought about just a little bit as well, especially with that transfer portal uh, question that just came up, and I I, I don't think Florida. I mean, I guess you could hit the transfer portal there too if Peter Pierce and, and Davis leave. Like, you know, they lose you with three running backs uh, with Naquan Wright, Bowman, and Lingard. Uh, and uh, you know, probably one another one just in case an injury happens as well. But you know, I, I know we'd like to see, uh, you know, not necessarily a workhorse running back, but if there is a hot hand or if there is a, a guy you can really count on, maybe one guy that gets the bulk of the carries there. But uh, there, I mean, there's your three guys there, right? Bowman and and, and Lingard. Uh, that's been something I have to see probably play out in spring football. Uh, I think you know, right with his experience, will probably lead the way to begin with. But everybody, to me, is on a blank slate uh, to to start with, uh, especially in this offense. So uh, I think it, we could be enamored and fall in love with the the speed of Bowman, and I hope that's something that Billy Napier can can tap uh, tap into as well. On a, on a consistent basis to get those guys on the field. 
uh, a bit more. But uh, I, I do like the fact that everybody's starting with a blank slate. Everybody's starting from zero. Uh, hopefully, you know, the whole leaning on seniority entirely way too much. Now, I think there is something to that. Uh, but, you know, if guys aren't getting the job done, if a change needs to be made, or if a guy has the hot hand, let's try that for, for a change, and maybe that's new staff, we, we, we'll get that. But, uh, you know, just the three guys that will probably, you know, be left over uh, not leaving, you know, Pierce and Davis on their way out. So I just think uh, we that we know are on the roster. I'll just probably see how, how it plays out with those, and maybe, maybe go get one more. And we'll see also what happens in the – recruiting uh there's a couple of targets out there with citizen and etn out there from louisiana uh we'll see how that plays out uh i know etn announced yesterday i think he's going to make his announcement at one of the uh high school all-star games uh so i think uh, that's one to keep an eye on so if you go that that's one thing about this class and i mentioned it last night when we were kind of looking ahead uh for february is gonna have to hit some skill players uh coming up in, in this uh in this next seven weeks or so leading up to the the final part of signing day in February. The trenches were hit really hard yesterday. The secondary was hit really hard. Uh, but we do need to see probably some skilled players coming up uh, to finish out this class coming up in February. Yeah, thanks, Dave. Thanks, Appreciate man. it. All right. Gator Laker Colt. Been a while since I've seen you, man. Hey Dave, good morning, man. How you doing? Hey, I was uh, excited about yesterday, man. Um, seemed like we got a a pretty good wide receivers coach to go along with all the recruits we got. Um, you got any yeah. um, um, info on tight ends coach or linebackers coach coming in? Uh, I know everybody saw uh, Silk's tweet yesterday about Cider more than likely, you know, staying at Penn State. So that was the hot name for Penn uh, for tight end coach there uh, along the way. So uh, not really. I haven't followed up much uh, on who could be next uh, for uh, tight end coach uh, for the Gators just because I think all the focus was pretty much on Cider once we heard. You know, he wasn't going to be running backs coach, of course, with Jaluk coming in. Uh, but his name was kind of shuffled in to be the tight end coach. So I think uh, – that's kind of where I'm going to start looking around today uh, is maybe filling out the, the, the rest of their staff. But, um, you know, it was <laughs> – I hate that it got you know, announced yesterday because of uh, all the focus being on <clears> – <throat> excuse me, all the focus being on uh, signing day, of course. But, uh, you know, the, the, you had a hire there and, like, man, you know, just I, – I, feel, I felt for the guy just a bit when – uh, Kerry Colbert there, his name escaped me for a second. Yeah, you know, him being announced uh, from USC, spent the last, uh, I think, six seasons there. Um, it got kind of shuffled uh, and, and buried on, on signing day. But I think, a, you know, a pretty good pickup there at, at the wide receiver uh, coach position. So, you know, we'll see where it goes uh, for, for, for coaches. I do, I do want to dig around a little bit more today as far as that goes. Do you think he um, plays a part in possibly getting us some uh... – West Coast kids. I mean, I mean, I know we tried it before and yeah. it kind of didn't pan out. But uh, you think it, it kind of plays a part and maybe getting some more West Coast kids? Uh, maybe so. Uh, to, to begin with, you know, look, we're not. 
of course, just because it didn't work out. Yeah, yeah, that just seems where the quarterbacks seem to be a lot of time. They come either yeah. out of the West Coast or come out of Texas. So. Yeah, and you know, you don't you don't completely shut the door on that stuff. Yeah, if you can bring somebody over, then then by all means you do it and try. You don't make it a huge focus, and that's what you know. Yeah, that bit Dan Mullen early on in the process, uh, and, and yeah. is. But you know, there's a guy that wants to come to Florida, and you, you, they do their research, and that's the guy they want on, on, on the roster. You know, I, I feel better. Like, I, I didn't feel great about the process uh, from, from the last staff. I feel better about the process and, and what we're seeing from this staff. And that's not to sit here and say I'm picking and choosing just because, you know, I, the, the hope of Billy Nature has gotten me going here. But, you know, I, I, I think there is a, a process, a different way of looking at it. Then, look, there's a history at Alabama, too, with Billy Nature. Uh, with, with, with Kerry Coleman. So he's got a little bit of roots, um, not deep roots in the South, but he knows, you know, more than likely the bread's going to be buttered in the South uh, for, for, right. for getting prospects. But yeah, if you can take advantage and, and get a you know, player or two uh, from, from the West Coast, uh, by all means, yeah, you take advantage of it. And it, it is a risk, but uh, I think the one, if it's a highly, you know, highly ranked player, the one that they've vetted and feels like he's a good fit for this program, then yeah, I don't, I don't think you shy away from it. You just don't make it a huge. Yeah. You just don't make it a huge focus. Yeah, I think it'll be uh, real important, uh, possible. Like I said, because a lot of them come from either California or Texas. Because in the state of, I looked at the recruiting uh, for next year in the state of Florida, and there isn't a top quarterback even in the top fifty in the state of Florida next year. So yeah. At least not not right now, right? No, no, so yeah, yeah, we'll see where uh, where all that goes and, and how much it changes. But yeah, uh, you're right. You know, I mean, look, Florida was going to to Texas to get a quarterback before ever decommitted. You know, this past cycle as well. So yeah, um, it, you're you're right. It's uh, a lot of your your your, your Georgia has been really hot uh, state for quarterbacks as well. So right. uh, yeah, you know, the state of Florida has not really uh, been, been producing uh, at, at the quarterback position a good bit. Right. All right, man. I appreciate it. Thanks, man. Um, subbed. I think you're in here. Yo, yo. What's good, everybody? Good morning, Go Gators. Um, yeah, man. How impressive is Billy Napier? Not even from a stuffing Kirby in his locker for a couple of recruits only being in here for nine days, but just from a procedural standpoint of, you know, just a little bit of insight from the, uh, press conference of the teams he's putting together for evaluation and you know everyone having the right amount of work not too little not too much and the emphasis on still having that family life I think we really got a good one um yeah to, to go on that I know a lot of people slam Dan Mullen for that kind of same thought too but look, there's a different there, there's different levels there's different way of yeah. doing it and like you said there's when Billy Apis said built an army, that's what he meant. You know, yeah. get enough bodies to where it, it, it makes a difference. And look, I don't, I'm sure, you know, he's not talking about going out there and, and uh, drinking margaritas while, you know, <laughs> when, when you probably should be. And, Hitting the lake when you should be recruiting. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. There's a, there's a realization that comes with this. And look, nobody's saying you can't spend time with family and all that. So, you know, that's not what a lot of people are, are, are saying uh, when it comes to that. But, you know, read the room uh, a bit. Know when to when to do it. Know when not to do it. You know, of course, we can't sit here and tell you know, these head coaches and, and coaches to, like, to, 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 to do what they do. Uh, yeah. You know, and you can – Definitely tell you know we we heard Billy Nate all throughout the all throughout the process of people are brought on the podcast uh, you know he did say you know he's a family man a man of faith so you know that leads you to believe he's gonna do it his way uh, and you know have some family time too but I do think there's something to be said about building 
the staff, building a huge staff, building, putting numbers to it. And as you said, kind of disperse the roles and no, no, just, and, and since you can do it that way, nothing really drops off because you have so many people behind it. Yeah. Yeah. And it gives a lot of security for what he's trying to do long-term, you know, I think next year, I think we still have a super talented team and we can, we can really be strong in the East. Um, but who knows, we might lose some games that traditionally we don't lose, you know, Kentucky, Tennessee. Um, but uh, I just, uh, I hope after signing day and listening to Coach Moore, the fan base is just rallies on patience and just looks forward to, you know, two years in the distance when we really see Napier get a good class under him and um, really get things rolling. But, man, uh, impressive start for sure, especially with uh, that Colbert pickup from USC. He's he's developed a lot of good guys out there. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown, London Drake, just a couple. He's, he's put some good dudes out there. So I think he's going to be a strong pickup. It's not only develop the wide receivers, but he's got those ends with the West Coast high schools. If it comes fruition, you know, like you said, who knows, but it doesn't hurt. Yeah, um, I know uh, Zach Azani was another name that was hit out of Denver Broncos wide receivers coach and yep. former Gator wide receiver coach. His name was brought up a good bit, too, as maybe a wide receiver coach. So uh, Colbert's name was brought up really early in the process, and then I didn't hear anything for, like, the last two weeks, week and a half, uh, as far as that goes. But his name was brought up really early in the process. Uh, so, you know, this, 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 was, this was something that I don't – it wasn't a – Oh, let's go find somebody. This this yeah. had been in the been in the works for a bit. Well, yeah, it seems like Napier pretty much knew he was going to take another step from Louisiana and had his board ready to go. And it seems like he's uh, he's hitting on it. You know, he's he's doing more. He's <laughs> I was a fan of Dan Mullen. I wish him well in his future. But man, after seeing what Billy wrapped up in nine days, it's like, what were you doing, bro? Like, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, I don't want to pretend that you know I wasn't excited, uh, you know, about early early Mullen early Mullen success and and all that. You know, of course, you know, on Gators breakdown, there's plenty of history out there to say you know the worry of recruiting was always there. Yeah, uh, but there was you know there were some on field results to point to and a lot of excitement. I mean, that's what you were hoping he would build on, and he never was able to build on it. Yeah. Now you have maybe the the reverse trend here of hitting it hard on the recruiting hitting it hard on the recruiting trail, seeing some early returns there. And then you hope that really can lend itself to sustained success. For sure. Hey, thanks for having me on, Dave. I appreciate it. Um, Great content as always. And uh, go Gators. Go Gators. Thanks, man. All right. Corey, you're in here. Just trying to get some people in here who uh, haven't. Hey, man. Hey, how are you today? I'm good. How about you? Real good. Hey, I appreciate all you do. It's uh, I always enjoy listening to these uh, spaces. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Man. Hey, uh, um, I know you guys kind of touched on this a little bit, and I just jo- recently joined. Um, but uh, um, you know, I, I think after yesterday, uh, I'm pretty much sold on the fact that yeah, he he's, he's a recruiter, Napier. Just curious, you know. Um, I, I guess I always look at it as. You know, you, you can be great if you are a great X's and O guy and you can be great if you're a recruiter. But really what makes you special is if you can do both. So what what's the insiders say about Napier and, and, and his staff's ability to be able to, you know, X and O and, and, and coach that sort of thing? 
Yeah, I mean, that, I think that's part of – it is part of the reason he was hired as well. I think anytime you can go into a program like Louisiana who had been downtrodden, they've been, they were pretty low when he come in. and They were put on sanctions. And, and you know, that goes more to the recruiting side of it, of course. But that ends up playing part in the, the players you put on the field. So they were limited there early in his tenure. And then his second year, able to put up double-digit wins uh, and get 10 wins this season and, you know, be able to not in, in no time turn that program around and start winning, you know, start competing for the Sun Belt, winning the Sun Belt by the time he gets out of there. Uh, I think um, a lot of people will point to, uh, you know, there was a lot of close games if he's the best recruiter in the conference. But, look, it's the, yeah, the best recruiter in the conference. But you, you're not building a huge gap when you – are recruiting at that level. Uh, you know, it, granted, it's still Louisiana. You're not building a huge gap over App State. You're not building a huge gap over Georgia Southern. You know, while you are the top team in the conference in recruiting, it's that, that you know, very, when you start, you know, recruiting at that level, there's not a lot of separation. So being ranked what, 85th or 90th, that's not a huge difference in being ranked 75th or, you know, 100th. That, that, that gap is really not that large. So you're still going to get a lot of close games. And, and you know, that level of recruit, you're not, uh, you're not getting the separation, I guess. I should, that's probably the best way of putting it. So I think, you know, it speaks a good bit of just the on-field coach being able to win those close games and, and having the confidence and going out there. Look, he wasn't getting the best quarterback play. Now, he had a quarterback that was there. Uh, played a lot of games for him. Uh, once he got ingrained, I think he started three years for him. Uh, if you go back and look at some film stuff, and then the, the Gator Nation and Football Podcast guys put it out there. But look, there was plenty of open receivers uh, in the offense. Levi Lewis really wasn't just—he just wasn't really capable of letting you know his arm talent wouldn't really let him be capable of performing that offense at a large level at a very large successful level there uh, in that offense, but their potential is there. So I think you know, you start – and there, there's a lot of going into the football aspect that I'm going to do coming up. There's a, a coaching series that uh, I, I subscribe to, the eight-part series of Billy Naker explaining his offense and what he brings to the table there. So there's a lot, uh, you know, as we get through these next few months of learning more about Naker and learning more about his offense that we can get into. But I, but I do think uh, just being able to – while you are recruiting at a certain level and recruiting the best in the Sun Belt, that separation is still not there, but you're able to go out and win 10 games consistently, I think, to me, uh, speaks to, 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 to the role that he can bring on the field and uh, being a difference maker with his peers there with rosters that are very similar. Now, you, you hope the roster is very similar coming up to LSU and Georgia and Alabama and those same coaching in, in, in close games. You know, they can go 50-50. They can go either way. A lot of times, over time, they tend to even out. Uh, but at least there's something you can point to when talent level is pretty equal that you got a guy that can go out there and make the right decisions and win close games. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I think that uh, you hit the nail on the head in terms of uh, you're, you don't get much separation where, you know, where I hope the difference with, the, you know, when you're at Florida now, uh, the, the difference is hopefully you see that separation between, you know, say, you know, the South Carolinas of the world, the Missouris yeah. of the world. Um, you know, some of those teams that, that, you know, let's be honest, that, that we, we should beat every year. Right. If, um, if, Florida, if Florida's right, you're not worried about South Carolina. You're not worried about Kentucky. <laughs> but, 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, well, yeah, no, that, that, that'd be cool. I'm, I'm um, looking forward to hearing, you know, more, what you have to say in the, you know, obviously now the focus is recruiting. And so it'll be interesting to see as we get more into the quote unquote off season and the spring practices and stuff to see, yeah. you know, what kind of install and, you know, what, what exactly we're, we're getting into from a more of a coaching and X's and O's standpoint. So, yeah, also, also you know, interested in like what changes, you know, we can go back and look at what happened in Louisiana, but you know, what, what, what differences does he bring to the table? While Levi Lewis and Anthony Richardson may be very similar in, in play style and what you're expecting. Now I do think Anthony Richardson has a lot uh, more uh, uh, live arm, uh, a better arm, better arm talent. Uh, can he open up the offense a bit more in, in what we've seen on tape so far? And maybe that changes the offense. Uh, having a quarterback that he can rely on his arm uh, a bit more. As I say, go back to his Arizona State days. And now, while that was under Todd Graham, and Todd Graham has a more open offense, he still trusted Billy Napier to run that offense. So there is some history there of being at Alabama in a more open offense, being at Arizona State in a more open offense that, all right, well, if I have this type of quarterback or if I recruit this type of quarterback, we can change. We can adapt. So I do think, you know, there is a little bit of history as well that it doesn't necessarily have to look like those last three years at Louisiana. That's what he had. He had a quarterback he could trust. It. That, was the, that was the offense he was going to run. I am interested in seeing what a difference in talent level brings to Billy Napier and, and the changes that he brings. Now, he, he is going to run the ball. Right? I don't think there's going to be any question about that. He is going to lean on the run game. He's a big you know, zone read uh, offense guy. Uh, and that's kind of hard to teach up front sometimes in the offensive line. So I think you got to go get some really smart offensive linemen. Uh, but I do think, um, you know, there, there, there'll be some differences. It won't be exactly what we saw uh, these last three years at Louisiana. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I, I think so too. And I'm okay with that, that, you know, the, the run first to set up your pass, um, yeah. you know, offense. I mean, I think, you know, most coaches want to do that. Obviously, um, you know, two years ago it was a little bit different with Trask. I mean, that was skill set and, and, you know, all the weapons you had on the outside around you. Um, and, and and so, you know, getting to the, the run first and then taking a deep shot here and there. Um, you know, if you look at, you know, Alabama, that you know, that that's what they've been doing. Ohio State's kind of been the same way um, in terms of, you know, a good run game and then, big deep shot pass plays type of thing, uh, type yeah. of offense. So looking forward to it. Hey, thanks, David. Thanks, man. See ya. Smitty, you're in here if you wanted to speak. You've been here for a while. So I'm not sure um, if you're available. Yeah, hey, can you hear me, Dave? Yeah, loud and clear. Yeah, just kind of waiting my turn. Hey, listen, I had a couple things I wanted to touch on this morning. Um uh, the Urban Meyer fire, do you yeah. do you think that helps? Well, maybe some kind of assistant targets that's on that staff. Um, do you kind of help? Do you think that helps speed up maybe a hire from that, or does it really have no effect on it? Uh, I know Tosh's name has been brought up a lot. Uh, right. I know some people have brought it up to me this morning, too, as well, as far as maybe a timeline. I don't know if it changes the timeline or not. Those guys are under contract either way. Uh, so it doesn't matter if, right. if Urban Meyer's there or not. So, um now, maybe they don't uh, – I, I don't know what that means for their contracts. I don't even know their contract situation. Those guys under contract want – you know, do they sign a new contract every year or is it a two-year window, three-year window? It doesn't even matter. I, 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 I'm just guessing at that point. So, I don't really know uh, for sure. Uh, you hope it would speed it up to go ahead and get a guy like Tosh on staff. Now, there's a whole bunch of rumors out there uh, that Tosh 
uh, has not been cleared by the SEC, that he has to be cleared by the SEC or the SEC won't clear him. I think there's some more to figure out there. Is there some kind of meeting that could happen? Is there more of a betting process? Is there more have to happen uh, for that to, to take place? And we'll see. I know that's the, the latest that's going on there with Tosh Lapoy, maybe a, a, a staff position uh, on Billy Napier's staff at Florida. So that's something to look out for there. I know Ryan Stamper is part of that Jaguar staff as well, former Gator linebacker. I'd love for him to have some kind of role, uh, maybe uh, 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 on field at linebacker maybe, or, or, or behind the scenes is more of a player personnel type. That's what he uh, is doing in Jack- Jacksonville. Uh, so if there's a way you can get him to you know, come on down the road from Jacksonville to Gainesville, I'd love to have that you know, former Gator on the staff as well in, in, in a certain type of role. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, one more thing. Um, rumors and a little talk about maybe uh, certain staff members we have now, or the old staff, maybe negative recruiting against us. Uh, I seen some stuff on Twitter this morning where, uh, in particular, C-Rob was liking yep. other university commit posts and didn't like one yep. single one of ours. I mean, what's your – I mean, I know there's only so much you can say about that. Um what do you? I mean, what kind of negativity do you think may be going on, maybe with some old staff, um, while they're still there? I mean, that that, that seems like yeah, it could I mean, be that could be a little bit of poison, you know, that, that we don't need. <laughs> yeah. Well, luckily we only got another week of it. So uh, if if you know if it's, if it plays out, you know, these guys have to you know play out their contracts and stuff. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, to me, if that's the case, and, and if I'm Billy Napier, can go ahead and say, hey, you don't need to be around here anymore, and you go ahead and make that move. But yeah, it does seem kind of petty when you're looking out there on Twitter and you see, see Rob Lycan, uh a recruit for LSU and Georgia and Florida State and uh, other schools out there, uh, and you know, even even Shamar James, a player that he recruited and was really close to, not really a reaction uh, to that. You know, if we. If you want to read into that, but it's definitely out there. You can definitely see it. The examples are out there of him liking other schools' commits and not liking one for Florida. Uh, so it seems kind of pettiness uh, to, to go along there. I know his name uh, was brought up to be to maybe being retained and seeing how these last couple of weeks go during bowl practice and, and all that. But I do think uh, the, the, you know, there is some talk, too, uh, out there more behind the scenes uh, going on there with C-Rob, maybe something to do with the transfers of Diabate and Bogle. You know, we'll see if I can uh, follow up with more of that, too. But you know, there seems to be a connection there as well. So, yeah, if it's time to if if it's time to move on now, go ahead and do it. Uh, I, I'm like you, I don't you don't even wait a week uh, when after the bowl game versus UCF when those guys will will be clearing out their offices. But um, yeah, uh, it, it, it's definitely out there. It's not uh, it's not being hidden uh, out, out there of kind of what's going on. Yeah, I, I appreciate it, Dave. Uh, uh, thanks for all you do. Thanks, man. Carlos. David. What's up, man? What's going on? Good morning, everybody. Go Gators. Dave, is everything I'm, I had said before this guy got hired starting to come to fruition? When I said just <laughs> calm down, everybody. 
the good thing about it is if you guys really want to know Billy Napier, it's all on the timeline. All you got to do is go back and look at UL football. Just go back and just look at from the time he got there to the way the man left. And he left in integrity when he left that university. The man is upstanding. He don't believe in not finishing a project, actually seeing it all the way through. Yeah, he's very methodical in how he go about doing stuff. Because notice, the whole entire time during uh, early signing day yesterday, you didn't see him on Twitter. You didn't see him doing anything but steady getting us what we need. And on top of yeah, like, I, I I even think he shoved away. I think he was supposed to have an interview on SEC Network at some point too. Yeah, he did, and that, he that, shoved that, that away. Yeah, that didn't even happen. Yep. It's just that he. A lot of us say that you know he's a off the Nick Saban tree, but if he can be anywhere remotely close to Nick Saban, I mean direct clone wise, I'll take it. And he's showing you that he is in it for the right reasons because I've talked to some Georgia fans and they ain't happy that we snuck what you call them from, from them at all, period. No, I'm, I, I know and everybody knows my connections to, to Georgia fans and growing up in Georgia. I'm, I'm, I am telling you, they, they, they are not happy whatsoever. And, and you know what I told them as I was coming in to work this morning? I said, get used to it. And, and, and I pulled the line and if anybody that knows the rapper Ice Cube, he has a song called No Vaseline. And I was talking to my boy Tez, and I said, you need to put that on the timeline for all the Gator fans in response to everybody out there that has been dumping on us for years now. We about to be like Ice Cube said in that opening line of that that song, it ain't over, MFers. It ain't over. It's only getting started. Let's hope, man. Let's hope. Let's hope it continues. Hopefully, yesterday was a uh, introduction to what we can expect on the recruiting trail uh, from Billy Napier. Well, Dave, man, I just wanted to say my little piece. Of course, I missed the last couple of few spaces, but I also tune in when you put it on YouTube, so I get a chance to listen to what everybody said. I'm very happy about yesterday. I love the fact that Florida State is yet still a dumpster fire. And I applaud Dion for sticking it to their butts because they did him wrong and he went out and he did what he thought he needed to do for all HBCUs. With me being alumni of Alcorn State University, I was happy that he was able to put HBCUs on the map. So with that being said, I'm going to end mine by saying go Gators, go Jackson State, screw FSU, as well as UGA. <laughs> Thanks, Colin. Quiz, what's up, man? Good morning, Dave. How's it going, buddy? Good morning, uh, Gator Nation. Good, how are you? <laughs>
Uh, no, Dave, uh, just kind of jumping on piggybacking what Carlos said. Um, I just think, you know, very excited about the whole thing, even though, you know, it, it was only nine or ten uh, players. But I think that's setting the foundation for what we need. Um, I do agree with what you and uh, Will Miles said yesterday um, in regards to getting the skill players. Obviously, we're in need of that. But um, to add to, obviously, uh, Armella, Julian Armella chose. I was really hoping he was going to choose us. But unfortunately, uh, throughout the night and stuff, he chose uh, the nose. But, um, again, let yep. him deal with that. You know, we'll see him four years, three years, <laughs> and we'll take care of it in, in the business, you know, on the field. But um, I'm actually excited, Dave, when it comes to a coaching staff that actually knows where IMG Academy is. You know, all it took was Google Maps. Yeah. <laughs> hey, and also that, you know, in a certain confidence to go in there. I mean, I know, don't get me wrong. No, um, Billy Napier wouldn't have been the only one to do it. But to go in there uh, very early in his job and say, hey, we're going to IMG. We're going to go make a presence there. And to go over there and, and, and in just a few short days be able to secure a commitment – uh, from a school that Florida has struggled at, that has not really been too welcome at uh, because of you know, past coaches and actions there, uh, to be able to go pull that off, I mean, that's another feather in the cap there of uh, maybe maybe we got the right uh, coach to kind of lead this charge in recruiting, and that's one really good example of it. Definitely. I definitely agree 100 with, 100% with you, Dave. Um, the question, two notes that I wanted to ask your opinion and just overall, everybody else's as well uh, that jumped after me. Uh, first question is, uh, Evan Stewart apparently did not uh, sign with Texas A&M. So is yep. that something that possibly we could be looking forward to maybe in February? And the next point, the next question I had was as far as um, transfer portal and looking forward to February, who, who should we be focused on as far as Napier possibly talking to and told them, listen, push back February and get some surprises coming up? Uh, as far as telling people to push back, I don't know who he's told that. Maybe I, that would be a pure guess on my part, so I won't. I won't even do that. But you know, as, as, as we did say, you know, last night on, on Gators Breakdown, there's two Louisiana running backs, Citizen and Etn. Uh, try and see if you can get in uh, on those guys. Definitely check in with Evan Stewart. Now I know Nick Evers, the quarterback, you know, who he's really good friends with. Not at Florida now, so maybe that hurts. Uh, I was hearing through the grapevine yesterday that you know, Jackson State. Uh, may be a, a, a destination for him too. If all this talk of uh, NIL money and what they have, what they're bringing to the table, uh, that could be an outside shot as well, uh, which would be crazy in the world of recruiting right now. So uh, you can't shove it away after what we saw yesterday. Uh, so um, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't pick Kevin Stewart for Florida right now. I think a lot would have to happen. We'd have to see another visit. We'd have to see some conversations with Napier there uh, as far as that goes. Um, let's see. Uh, trying to think of who was. I haven't really done my transfer portal digging or uh, who's going to be you know, left un uncommitted, maybe can make a decision uh, in February. That's definitely you know coming up in the next uh, few weeks or so. Um, uh, TJ Dudley, that linebacker um, that you know could be in on another Alabama linebacker, a state of Alabama linebacker. I think uh, really highly highly rated four star linebacker is another name to keep an eye on as far as that goes. But yeah, I think uh, skilled players you have to really keep an eye on, and um, you know transfer portal as well. I talked about that earlier, uh, but uh, that's uh, it needs to be the plan for the next uh, few weeks. Awesome, Dave. I'm just you know looking forward to the season. Obviously, it could be a little bumpy. 
But uh, again, Rome wasn't built in a day, so we just have to have patience. At the end of the day, I just want a coach that takes these rivalries seriously, and I think he's going to be a guy who's definitely going to take the LSU job, ser- the LSU uh, <laughs> rivalry seriously, because of the you know he feels he, he might have been slighted. But hopefully, he takes that Jacksonville game seriously, because you know he he should. I'll definitely tweet at him and let him know. Listen, this matters. Let's, let's win that cocktail party because we all definitely want to sip some over some. Um, uh, you know, George bodies. But at the end of the day, I just want to say go blue. Wolverines do God's will, God's uh, plan there. And hopefully uh, Georgia, all that promise goes into crap and uh, they lose that game. All right, guys, Gator Nation. Love you guys. Orange and blue always for life. And uh, go Gators. Go Gators. All right. Let's see. All right, last two here, Pharaoh and Rick. Morning, morning, Dave. <clears throat> How you doing, man? Man, cooling, cooling. Hey, man, hey, yeah, that, that was a good day yesterday. Because, boy, listen, I ain't going to lie. Um, I was one of the ones, like, you know, I got, I, you know, I'm, I, I had faith in uh, Napier what he could do. But we lost them, uh, you know, we lost Everson and all them. I'm like, ah. I'm like, I know what he's trying to do, but I don't think that was part of the plan. I'm like, I don't think that was part of the plan. But uh, that was a good, that was a good closing, man. Um, he got the right staff. The boys did their thing, man. So I was, I was, man, I was happy they did that right there, man. Um, yeah, right, right, right staff and, and limited staff. Yeah, you know, not even, not even near fully complete. Not even uh, fully complete, man. And that, that, that's amazing, man. So like you say, like man, I just ready to see what the uh, X and O's gonna look like. But yeah, that was a a good push at the end, and um, yeah, I'm just ready for this for ready for this spring to see what it looks like. Uh, Emory just moved on, and um, you know, yeah. wish him the best. I'm gonna see what I got AR gonna do, man. Um, I feel I feel real good with AR, man. Like, woo, I've I been. Yeah, I did too, man. I, I, I really, I really, I really hope you know when spring rolls around that um, you know he and Billy Napier historically has late springs, uh, so maybe hopefully that plays a part in it. Like the spring game is usually like the last week of April. I think I went back and looked. He he delays those spring games for as long as he can, and so maybe that hopefully plays a part uh, in Anthony Richardson being able to to come back from this uh, meniscus surgery. I don't know how long he's supposed to be out. I know there's, we don't really know the full details of that surgery, so how invasive it was and everything that needed to be fixed. So could he be out for six weeks and he's back for spring, or is it a three, four-month period and he kind of misses spring? I'd love to have him, of course, in the early process of learning under Billy Napier and being able to go through spring practice. For real, for real. Heck yeah, man. What else I was going to say, man? Yeah, let's say that uh, the uh, – the, the 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 hunter to Jackson State man that was that was real big right there, um, <laughs> I, I love that right there man. I love Dion up there putting in work man, and you know uh, just like with uh, Carlos was saying like uh, you know I'm um, I'm a fan you alum so you know stuff like that is real big, you know just to be able to get uh, some of them recruits to uh, to our HBCUs man because you know. You know, a lot of a lot of our greats started over there, so you know we love to be able to get a few of them greats back, man. You know, so that that was real big. Um, yeah, now, nah, man, you know we're gonna see what we got uh, in February, and um, yeah, they get to the spring, man. And I and I and I think like this uh, coming up this fall, um, I we're gonna have I, we're gonna have a good season, man. Like, um, 
I think that, you know, I, I was one, you know, with Dan, I ain't want Dan to go still. I, I, I still wanted that one more year, man, because, you know, just to see how to go. I, you know, how I looked at the roster, I feel like it was going to be a Michigan flip. You know, uh, how uh, I just did. with It was mm-hmm. a, a trash 20. And, you know, and here, and here they are right now. So, um, I would say going to this fall, I think, you know, um, I'm not really – I know a lot of folks were saying, like, oh, We'll be happy, you know, lucky if we win seven, eight. I don't think we got a seven, eight win team. That if everything worked out in that spring, that's an easily nine, ten win team. And so I'm, I'm, I'm ready to see that that go down, man. Uh, we got the running backs, um, like you say. We just if they can stay, if they stay fresh, you know, um, you know, I, I, we pretty much good in that backfield. Nice big run, uh, receivers uh, for blocking. Um, I think I think it's laid out pretty nice, man. Um, it's just it's it's seen it's I guess uh my question to be what that X and O's look like on that defense and you know um what we gonna look like you know um which I think we're gonna be pretty good but we gonna see. Yeah, man, I'm excited to see it too. Um, I think uh we'll have, we'll have to see how how it all plays out as far as the X's and O's go. That first first month of the schedule will tell us a whole lot about you know the possibility potential. Uh, of Florida opening up with uh, Utah, uh, Utah, and then you got <laughs> Kentucky and Tennessee in the first month as well. So, uh, no, there's a a lot to get excited for really, really quick uh, with this coaching staff. We'll see what that young man energy do because this that's why I was I was thinking about it. I was like, man, you know what? Um, I was you know I always be uh uh trying to figure out like what's going on with the schools and all that type of stuff. Like, what what can get all the, the big the big three Florida schools back rolling? And then you know, um, you know, we got the high. I was like, man, we needed a big, uh, a big name coach, which probably most likely would have been an older coach or something like that. But you know, I'm like, you know what? Then maybe these, you know, I was just think about it recently. Like, maybe these young guys, let these young guys handle this, man. It might be a little different vibe with young coaches, man. You know, yeah. it, it might be a whole different energy. I said it might be what we need. That might be the the thing for all the three big three. Get to some young guys in there, and they might sparkle or something. You know, well, I'm I'm okay. I'm okay if uh, FSU and Miami don't figure it out, though. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you know, you know, I'm one of the ones like this. I'm okay if they don't get back better, but my also I be one. You know that uh the uh the enemy of my enemy is my friend, and I yeah. and whatever can snatch Florida recruits from going to Alabama and Georgia and Clemson, Ohio State, I'm all for it. I'm like if we can if we can shut it down. Then everything can go back to its normal pecking order. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's get our state back. And then we yeah, can I also, also look at it in a way, you know, if, if Florida's right, I'm not really worried about what anybody else does. True, 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 yeah. true. So it's, uh, you know, that's uh, – and it doesn't matter who it is. You know, I think if Florida can live up to their potential – I mean, of course, you got your rivals and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, if Florida's right, you know, it, uh, it every, to me, everything kind of takes care of itself. True, true, true. Well, that's it, Dave. That's all I had to say, man, on, you know, know. feeling good. Go Gators. Go Gators, man. All right, Rick, if you're in here, man, I'll end it with you. Sorry, everybody else who's waiting. I got to do have to call him at some point here. Hey, good morning, Dave. I just had uh, one quick question for you, man. With with, uh, Diabate and Chris leaving, you know, do you have any insight on why that possibly happened? Because they were both kind of, you know, if not starters, big rotational players on the defense. And, um, I'm just wondering if, if anybody knows what could have caused that besides possibly a coaching change. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely right. Right, you named it first. Coaching change, of course, transition. Uh, that happens just natural. Roster attrition is going to happen. Uh, Bogle's timed out with Brenton Cox deciding to come back, so maybe he feels like he should be starting. And you know, granted, I, with a new staff coming in, as I said earlier, with the running backs, everybody's kind of starting at level zero. Everybody's on a blank slate. You'd hope. He would at least, but I get it, not going through spring and taking that chance. But I mean, I don't know why he thinks he can go to Michigan State and start right away either. I mean, either way, you're, I think, taking a risk. Uh, you have, do have more of a background here at Florida. So, yeah, I, I would have liked to, to see Bogle stick it out and, and fight for that position. Uh, and, you know, but, you know, there's a lot of. A lot of connection to the coaching staff as well. A lot of guys really respect uh, C. Rob and Christian Robinson and uh, what he brought to the table on, on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, for whatever reason, you know, they could also, you know, very uh, have a connection to Todd Grantham, and he's going as well. Uh, so you know, maybe a fresh start is what they think is needed uh, there for Diabate. Uh, maybe another. I mean, granted, it's going to change here too. You know, you you, you now granted. He did want to play linebacker. He did want to shift a linebacker in the linebacker position. Now, whether it's a good position for him ultimately, that remains to be seen. Um, but he did want to play linebacker. He was a pretty good edge rusher his freshman year. He, but he, he's that, he's that true. He is that true tweener. I mean, he maybe he goes trying to find another role for himself. Um, you know, granted, he hasn't made the the full decision of choosing another school yet. We'll see ultimately what he decides. And maybe outside chance he comes back. Uh, here, 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 here to Florida, but you know, definitely finding a defense, finding a role for him to where he can probably roam around a little bit more, uh, use that speed that he has. Uh, so, you know, I think you really do have to point to the coaching change first and foremost of why these guys are deciding to leave. Uh, but maybe just uh, honestly, also just for a fresh start. Uh, but you know, Deepak led the team in tackles. Uh, now, granted, part of that's just playing a linebacker position and guys coming to you and, and filtering to you. Uh, and you're not a lot of big plays uh, being made there at that position, but maybe honestly, just a, just, just a fresh start. Uh, and you, you mean, it's hard to say fresh start when there's a fresh start happening in Gainesville, but maybe just a complete fresh start, get out of Gainesville or whatever. That's the only thing I can really point to. I don't know why for sure. Uh, maybe he feels like he can go and, and play in a, Team play for a team that's got more of a, a better reputation, a better reputation for defense. I mean, I think maybe that factors into it as well. I'm honestly just pure kind of speculation and guessing here as to kind of extend it past the natural roster attrition of a coaching change. I got you. Sounds good. Uh, and, and one last thing before I let you go, Matt, and, and this is a quick one, I, I think. Uh, how do you feel about the new uh, strength and conditioning guy? Um, as opposed to Nick Savage. Uh, I know a lot of guys loved him, and actually uh, I saw that uh, Jacob mentioned him before he left, and um, a lot of guys really liked him. So was this just uh, something that was bound to happen with Napier coming in and that being his guy, or do you think there was a reasoning? Um, maybe our guys were getting a push, pushed around a little too much uh, um, and they needed I to bring in the new blood? Yeah, I think it's more to do with Napier having uh, a background with Hawk. Uh, honestly, they, they they've been together for a while. It's somebody he trusts. We have to remember, you know, this strength and conditioning coach or uh, role that is for a football program. Those guys have a lot more contact than the head coach and the staff does at certain parts of the season. So it has to be somebody you really trust. It has to be somebody you're willing to pretty much hand this team off to. 
when the staff can be nowhere near uh, the, the the players. So I think, you know, it's an important hire for a, a new coach and he's going to bring somebody in you trust. And I think that, I think that's more of it to do. Not that Nick Savage isn't capable, not that Nick Savage is not uh, qualified to, to do it. Uh, but uh, I, more, more than looking like you're getting pushed around and not playing physical the last couple of years. I think it's more to do with, hey, I need to bring somebody in I can trust and I'm going to hand these players off to for a certain amount of time. Gotcha. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on, Dave. Thanks, man. All right, everybody. That will do it here for this Twitter Spaces the day after National Asylum Day. Uh, I did record it. It'll be up later. Uh, you know, Will and I did get on Gators Breakdown last night to kind of review National Signing Day. So I'm going to let that episode breathe just a bit before I put the Twitter spaces up uh, a little later on. But uh, thanks, everybody, for joining me live here on this Twitter space. A uh, lot out there on Gators Breakdown, of course, with Will and I. Big National Signing Day review episode as we look back at the exciting day that was national signing day so everybody thank you so much for joining us here on twitter spaces i will check you guys out later on